Welcome back to Forgive and Forget. I'm Vic. I am sharing with you today an even more challenging expression than the prior podcast, which was riddle enough. But just like that phrase, this one helped me, and it will continue to do so, difficult as it is. It was given to me about five months ago by a friend after I explained two things that cut me off at the knees. They happened back to back, and after I told him the the stories, he said, quote, you are ready for hearing this, Vic, unquote, which, believe me, did not make me feel any better. As always, I pass along things that have worked for me in hopes that they will help you as well. Now, this is a close friend of my folks. He became one of a few special people who have helped me navigate caregiving on a level that has saved my life on more than one occasion. He's pretty darn evolved, so I trust him. When we hear something that initially does not resonate with us, but keeps resurfacing, popping back up, I know for me, it's bubbling back up for a reason. It's telling me to listen. It is saying there is worth and value in what I just heard. And his advice I knew was just that, though not the easiest pill to swallow. But my focus with Forgive and Forget, as you know, is taking what we experience and putting it to use inside and outside caregiving. I am aware that adding yet another element to our enormously full day is the last thing we want, have time for, have the energy for, especially when that element is a challenging one. Under normal circumstances, growing personally is difficult enough. Put caregiving in the mix and it feels cruel. Becoming aware of wisdoms along the way and integrating them into life now shapes the person we become during our caregiving chapter and at the end of this chapter. Someone whole, someone proud of who they have become, proud of the work they did, and can look back on their day or month or years and be able to say, Job well done. T.S. Eliot said, What a shame to have the experience and miss the meaning. I don't want to miss the meaning of caregiving or of any circumstance that lands in my path. This advice I am sharing with you today doesn't allow us to miss the meaning. So, with that, let's get started. say that when we look back on our lives, remembering our hurdles, are we better for them? Even if it took a long time to get there and see the good that came from it? Even when we lose someone, their death over time shifts into something meaningful. We are allowed our grief or our anger. Absolutely we are. We are allowed to express every grain of it. My gosh, if we don't, we'll explode. I know after I lost my dad, after time, I did cross a very faint line into a place of gratitude for him even being my dad. 
that I ever knew him in the first place. Same goes for his parents or both sets of grandparents or friends I've lost or the sister I lost. She was not a death, but it sure felt like one. Or what really pulls at my heartstrings are all my beloved pups. What about losing a job or losing a way of life? Didn't COVID shift that for many of us? It sure did for me. Heck, I lost a job and an exercise routine in one swat. With all the different chapters I've had, I'm able to see the gifts in hindsight. Yes, even with the loss of a job, the loss of an exercise regime, and a sister who is no longer part of my life, I could see how I really needed to pull away for very personal reasons, for boundary reasons with management and other employees. With my sister, I can clearly see she isn't the person I grew up with. And with her, it was a matter of boundaries there too. So yes, in hindsight, I can see the boost that was needed to pull away and stay away. And it is those things I redirect my sadness towards when I get caught in their loss. With caregiving, I have heard many caregivers say they came out more grateful than when they started. For them and for me, caregiving did turn out to be a gift rather than a burden. If we can say we are grateful for having an experience, then we did not miss the meaning. So the advice today, the quote today, I'm going to say it verbatim. And by the way, because I'm saying it verbatim, it is not meant for sensitive young ears. Okay, so my friend said, Vic, give gratitude for the shit, especially the shit. Say thank you, then ask for guidance, then let it go. Let life go to work while you are allowed your devastation, anger, your shock. Take the time to be those things, but then gather more information. Don't let this break you. Take it step by step. There are things you need to learn in its process. This didn't happen because you were unlucky or life thinks you deserve it. No, I know you. Your intentions are and have always been set right. So if all you can do right now is cry, then do that. And if all you can do after that is crawl, then start crawling. Go to work. Stay in a state of gratitude for this shit. Gratitude is a much more powerful position to take than being or staying in a state of fear. As I said, there was silence on the phone and I started to cry. In short, uh, my friend was suggesting to give thanks up front, which is a completely new concept for me. He made clear it is not meant to take the place of our shock or anger, grief, or disappointment. We are not expected to embrace gratitude and forget the rest. No, we are entitled to our feelings about it. His suggestion is simply a nod an acknowledgement that we know there is something bigger going on here and to trust the awful that just happened. And because of the circumstances, like the ones I mentioned a minute ago, 
my hindsight now can see the gifts. That's all he's trying to show me. As horrible as this is, whatever this is, we will be able to see why at some point. We just have to trust the process. Let me say, however, when I heard this wisdom, I felt insulted. I felt a lack of empathy from my friend. That's why I started to cry in addition to feeling like there is no way I can be thankful for this. To prove this wisdom wrong, I thought about a dear friend who lost her daughter at age 22 in a plane crash. A daughter. Or another friend who died when she was in the hospital for an entirely different devastating reason from sepsis. What do you say to her husband and children? Certainly not be thankful. Saying thank you up front is something I had to take in slowly and something that is going to take me the rest of my life to, well, I don't know if I want to say master. I'll do the best I can with it, but it'll take the rest of my life. I'm sure of that. It is certainly not something I say to anyone who has just had something shattering happen to them. No, this is something if I even share it. I wait until I can see strength coming back, and that could mean months, if not years, or if at all. Offering something like this to you, I fully realize, is a huge risk because I do not know you personally. I do not know where you are in your path with caregiving or with any other circumstance that pulled the rug out from underneath you. We get these things then in addition to caring for our loved one. We're not exempt from life just because we're caregivers. No, we should be. We should be granted hall passes, parking spaces, and free drinks at happy hour. But I am concerned that you're hearing this just might have you completely lose faith in me. But I keep going back to any devastating circumstance I've had in my lifetime and I've had my share, in hindsight, I am able to see the gifts. Even with death, my mother having a terminal disease with dementia, even when I cannot see at all the potential gifts. This requires us to have a faith or a trust that I have never had the displeasure of learning. For some perspective anyway, the two scenarios that happened to me back-to-back last fall, both had to do with our family cabin, a very sentimental, beloved, with wonderful memories, and considered a member of the family. These two scenarios both threatened to kill the cabin. So I wasn't in a very open frame of mind when I heard my friend suggest, be thankful. No, I was spitting nails at the one circumstance and terrified of the other. What happened was in September, the Calder fire had half the Tahoe Basin evacuated. The evacuation order was only three miles from the cabin, and I didn't want to get caught behind that gate closing. I drove up and loaded my car with everything I could. And what a joke, because that's like taking a teaspoon to the ocean to fill a bucket. This is a cabin frozen in time from 1937. That's when it was built. Furniture, 
dishes, decor, family pieces, family photographs. The place is like a museum. How do you decide what to take? I was in this numb trauma. I was so far gone, I couldn't even cry. I drove back to Reno, but the joke was my house in Reno was just as threatened with wildfires. We had the Dixie Fire up north. That horrendous fire was a huge indication of how easily anything could be lit up behind my house. So how's that for irony? Bring sentimental things back from the cabin only for them to burn here. Really? So I got through that. Then a few weeks later, I had learned that a law or a bill had been voted out, and this was a bill that protected a generational family property from reassessments to pay higher property taxes. For our family, this meant the last 70 years. So what this means is when mom passes away, the property will be reassessed at current day value and taxed accordingly. This bill used to protect generational homes from such a tax increase. Just because property values increase doesn't mean a family's income can match its increase. Most can't. And I can't say we can either, not forever anyway. But the predatory politicians want more money. So they buried this overturn underneath other bills that people did want and voted on. That's like baking a cake with arsenic. Looks great, tastes fine, but what you're eating will ultimately kill you. And my initial thought was these predatory politicians just killed something that belonged to our family for three generations. My second thought was, I'm going to have to sell. We can't afford these taxes. I have never felt so powerless and disgusted in my life. So between the fire and this, I was convinced we would be losing a cherished home that holds family memories for 70 years. There are no words. Can you imagine telling my friend all of this and him saying, be thankful? I knew there was wisdom in his advice, but I sure couldn't take it in at that time. And anytime I get devastating news, the last thing I can even imagine doing is saying, thank you. Come on. Really? Again, giving thanks up front is not meant to take the place of our shock or anger, grief or disappointment. It is simply a nod, an acknowledgement when we are able. Our emotions ebb and flow. And when they do, find a space to give a nod of thanks. Remember, there is something to be learned from this. There is something good that will come out of this. How do we know? Because of our hindsight of past difficulties. By the way, giving a nod does not look like us getting into a difficult yoga pose at dawn with this biblical glow of light emanating from us. No, it's just a nod when we are able. It is possible to say thank you one moment and not the next. So this will be a work in progress for a very long time for me, if not the rest of my life.
be told, I still can't see my way yet in knowing what the universe's plan is for the cabin and how I fit into it. But I expect to someday. I have a few ideas. Um, it's already taught me a lot in how to gather information and not panic. In the meantime, I choose not to stay in fear. I sure get consumed by fear. But giving a nod gets me out of fear more quickly. There is a wave of trust that takes its place that allows me to be open to the ideas that will help me through this. Fear makes me do things I regret. Um, it also churns the cauldron of my anger. And that is not the best place for me to be hanging out. Believe me. Ask anyone. <laughs> Maybe you have now heard this phrase, to let it simmer on low or marinate, just like it did me, just like uh, the caregiving riddle of a phrase I shared in part one. That too turned out to be beneficial. These are meant to give us hope and encouragement, challenging as they are to hear initially. I am also careful when I give a nod of thanks. I don't say it to say it. Insincerity can be just as dangerous as fear. So I say it when I am able to say it. In closing, think of your own caregiving chapter or anything else that has caught you off guard and slammed you to the mat. Think of that while I read this wisdom one last time. Give gratitude for the shit, especially the shit. Say thank you, then ask for guidance. Then let it go. Let life go to work while you are allowed your devastation, anger, and shock. Take the time to be those things, but then gather more information. Don't let this break you. Take it step by step. There are things you need to learn in this process. This didn't happen because you were unlucky or life thinks you deserve it. So if all you can do right now is cry, then do that. If all you can do after that is crawl, then start crawling. Go to work. Stay in a state of gratitude for this problem, for this shit. Gratitude is a much more powerful position to take than being or staying in a state of fear. I hope I've done a reasonable job with this bit of advice. Just consider absorbing it into your life. Maybe start with small stuff, the less surprising and awful, like being cut off in traffic. Say thank you for the fact you let it go. Or when your child or grandchild got underfoot, made you spill your morning coffee all over your pants, and now you're going to have to change, which will make you late. Giving a nod of thanks sounds nuts, but maybe that extra few minutes saved you from having a car accident. We don't know. We may never know. But more often than not, we can see the gifts of the negative and the adverse because our hindsight of past hurdles tells us so. If you can't accept this wisdom right now, I understand. Sometimes we're not ready to hear something, much less integrate it into our lives. My best friend, who has done so much inner work, 
when I told her this, there was silence. And then with conviction, she said, I can't do that right now. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) What I can say is that if you are listening to this podcast, there is a reason. This phrase is, to me, probably the most difficult I've ever bumped up against, especially as a caregiver. Caregiving is one of the toughest jobs we'll ever have, but that doesn't mean we won't be grateful for it someday. Have its experience and don't miss the meaning. Our caregiving ride will shift and one day we won't be a caregiver anymore. I want to gather ideas and knowledge, wisdom and skills along the way. Now, today, it's my focus in Forgive and Forget and it's not a waste of time. Thank you for joining me today. I will walk with you again soon. Bye-bye.